Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. This uh, natural disaster has done such incredible damage to major swaths of Florida from these, these water surges to wind damage, massive flooding in parts of central Florida, massive. And the storm itself has moved pretty much offshore, that is the hurricane, the storm, and now it's turning back into the coast, as many had feared, and it's at a Hurricane 1. At a Hurricane 1 now, uh, it had lost its hurricane status, but it picked it up again out in the ocean. And their trajectory, the forecast to track, has it hitting uh, in the Charleston area and uh, all along that coastline in South uh, Carolina, but also working up the, uh, the Georgia coast near uh, Savannah and north of Savannah. Uh, and then, of course, uh, North Carolina, places like Cape Hatteras, Virginia, places like Norfolk and Virginia Beach. So this thing is not done. And the damage that it's left is uh, is unbelievable. Uh, it's too early to know the amount of lives. Uh, it's too early to know the amount of damage other than to say I'm sure it's uh, unparalleled in modern American history. Governor DeSantis earlier today had this to say, cut three, Mr. Producer, go. 
Right now, if you look in central Florida, you're looking at potential major flooding in Orange and Seminole counties, uh, St. John's River, all the way up potentially into, into northeast Florida and Jacksonville. The amount of water that's been rising and will likely continue to rise today, even as the storm is passing, uh, is basically a 500-year flood event. And I know Seminole County has, has, has done evacuations. I know they've issue, uh, opened shelters, uh, but uh, we're going to see a lot of images about uh, the destruction that was done in Southwest Florida. And obviously we have massive assets there, uh, but people should just understand this, this storm is having broad impacts across the state and some of the flooding you're gonna see in areas hundreds of miles from where this made landfall um, are gonna set records. And that's gonna obviously be, be things that, um, uh, th that will need to be responded to. So uh, that is uh, really unfortunate. But they're very lucky to have a uh, a hands-on, smart governor there. Uh, I know Governor DeSantis quite well. He's a personal friend. I knew him before he was governor when he was a congressman. And I've decided, at least for the time being, not to contact him to come on the program. I know others are having them on their programs, and I think that's a good thing, so he can get the message out. But I've just decided to let him do his his work and not to be one of those lining up to uh, to try and bring him on the program. Um, uh, I hope you'll continue to be generous in helping the people of Florida uh, who need our help. The Florida Disaster Fund.org, Florida Disaster Fund.org is accepting monies. So. Uh, they can then fund uh, volunteer operations and the infrastructure needed to get people to where they need to be. I know this program is heard far and wide by truckers and linemen and all kinds of people. I want to thank them for their uh, compassion. I want to thank them for their, uh, for their courage. Uh, many of them are still poised. They can't get the places where they need to go because the water is stagnant and it is very, very high. Uh, and hopefully that will change sooner than later. And uh, people just need to remain careful. Easy for me to say, I know. But uh, that is my opinion, and that's what I believe. And I think that's the right way to do these things. So uh, we'll move on, but we're going to circle back throughout the program uh, to, uh, to talk about uh, what's going on in Florida. What looks like it's going to happen in Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, off the coast of Virginia, and on and on. I mean, even where I am, which is uh, really, it's on the Potomac, but it's not on the ocean. You know, we're expecting four or five days straight of 30-mile-an-hour winds and, uh, and a lot of rain. So that's how big this thing is. I mean, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that's how big this thing is. Uh, let's see. I'm just looking at this. You know, folks, I want you to think about something. I want you to think about the position the Democrat Party has put us in. We have a president who is obviously mentally ill, and I say that from a scientific perspective, not as from a political perspective. He's mentally ill. 
He should be spending time with his family, trying to treat his illness, trying to help him. And yet the Democrat Party and the media nominated him and put him in the Oval Office. The big unions, big labor, the radical left, ultimately. Washington special interests. But the Democrat Party and the media put him in the Oval Office knowing, knowing that he personally is incapable of being president. And they did that because they knew that the people around him would be radicals. Susan Rice, Esfengali, among others. Ron Claim, his uh, chief of staff. And a host of other reprobates, miscreants, and malcontents of the Marxist left. And they're running the things. The cabinet and the sub-cabinet are running everything. 3,300 political appointees are running everything. Developing the policies. So many of whom have ties to Barack, Milhouse, Benito, Obama. We have a shadow government. A shadow government working under Biden. And the Democrat Party and the media put us in this position. But the position is even worse for the American people. The 25th Amendment should be triggered. We have a president of the United States who is mentally ill and should not be serving as president of the United States. He should not be near the nuclear button. He shouldn't be near anything. He shouldn't be near the, uh, the steak knives in the kitchen. The 25th Amendment was created for this circumstance. But we're not going to get any support from the cabinet. We're not going to get any support from the Democrats in Congress. It doesn't matter how sick Obama is. Excuse me, that the Biden is. Now, the backup, of course, to the president is the vice president. Now, apparently she has her mental faculties. But if she's not the dumbest person, then I don't know who is. She can't speak. She can't think. She operates by moat knee-jerk reaction for the far-left agenda. Even before she was vice president, Willie Brown, who had been uh, had an affair with her when she was young, he wrote a, a, an opinion piece making it clear that she's not qualified to be president or vice president. But everybody ignored it. She's clearly not. And yet she's second in line to be president of the United States. Then you look at who's third in line, Nancy Pelosi. She's not all there. She's not with it. Plus, she doesn't have the, the character, the substance, the temperament to be anywhere near the Oval Office. That's the lineup. Biden to Harris to Pelosi. That's the lineup. That's the lineup the Democrat Party and the media put us in. Honest to God, it's a disaster. An absolute, utter disaster. The only way to take Pelosi out of the position of of the third in line to be president of the United States is to win the House of Representatives. 
I kid you not. The speaker's third in line. And that would be McCarthy. Who's a thousand times better than Pelosi. Period. But here we have a president. A president. Was power over all these nuclear weapons. Power over so much. Destroying the country from within. Because of this shadow government. People who are calling the shots. Pulling the strings. Pushing the buttons. Who we don't even know. Thousands of them. Because they have thousands of political appointees. Working hand in hand with a friendly bureaucracy. Thousands of them. We've never seen anything like this before. Except with Woodrow Wilson near the end of his term. When he had a stroke. And his wife was the acting president for all intents and purposes. Here's Kamala Harris today at the demilitarized zone between North and South Korea. Cut one, go. So the United States shares a very important relationship, which is an alliance with the Republic of North Korea. And it is an alliance that is strong and enduring. The Republic of North Korea. You know how embarrassing this is? Not to her, but to us. To have a president who can't speak, to have a vice president who can speak, but is a, an ignoramus. It's humiliating. It's embarrassing. And, of course, it provokes our enemies. They say, wow, this is the head of the United States government. The head. We don't have to cut off the head of the United States government. It's already cut off. They already don't have any brains. Unbelievable. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, back in the good old days, we Americans argued about which policies to pursue to improve the country we love. Too often today, we find ourselves arguing about whether our country is great or not, about whether we should love America or be ashamed of it. The reason for this is simple. For too many years, too many of our schools have been neglecting to teach young Americans about America's great heritage of liberty, presenting them instead with dishonest narratives of America as fundamentally unjust and racist. Hillsdale College is weighing in for America by offering free online courses such as The Great American Story, A Land of Hope, and Constitution 101, The Meaning and History of the Constitution. I encourage all of you to enroll in one of these wonderful free courses from Hillsdale. Begin your free Hillsdale College course today at levinforhillsdale.com. That's Levin, L-E-V-I-N, for Hillsdale.com. You know, folks, I've got clip after clip after clip that my folks put together of one TV personality and host after another and one guest after another talking about climate change. Climate change. Not one of them is qualified to talk about climate change. Not one of them has any expertise in it. Not one of them has studied it. Of course, I hear we've studied this for a long time, and we've written about it, we've talked about it, we've ch- been challenged, and we've engaged. This is very interesting. 
And so the propaganda just picks up. The worse the crisis, the louder and more ubiquitous it becomes to drown out anything else. And one of the things that drowns out, as I sit here and think about all this, hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars spent on climate change, which means anything with a label of climate change on it. Left-wing nonprofit groups, left-wing advocacy groups, massive money for more bureaucracy, subsidies to, to uh, global corporations to, uh, to persuade them to build this and not that. Just hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars thrown at this, and over a period of 10 years, it'll be trillions. On a matter that's not even settled. On a matter that's not even settled science. But it's more than that. Imagine what good this money could be put to. First of all, if it remained in the private sector. But even if some percentage of it was, was used by the government, imagine what good it could do today. If we weren't spending hundreds and hundreds of billions to kill the fossil fuel industry. To kill our assembly lines. To kill our automobiles and on and on and on. Imagine if we were using at least some of that money. If the government is going to actually access it. To help people during a natural disaster. Rather than pretending the natural disaster is a result of climate change. Man-made climate change. There's not a thing we can do about hurricanes. Nothing. There's not a thing we can do about the intensity of hurricanes. Nothing. There's not a thing we can do about Mother Nature. Because it's not really Mother Nature, it's Monster Nature. And when Monster Nature gets mad, there's nobody to blame. There's nothing you can do other than react to it. And take life-saving measures and property-saving measures. But we do not have the power to control the sun. We do not have the power to control the atmosphere. We just don't. We don't have the power to control the winds. We don't have the power to control the oceans. And I know it's appealing for people to say it. Just as it was appealing a few thousand years ago to, to pray to idols or to dance for rain, or to make other imbecilic claims. And now it's our turn. But imagine if that money, those resources, those personnel hours, if that attention was focused in a way that can actually benefit mankind. I'll be right back. Folks, back in the good old days, we Americans argued about which policies to pursue to improve the country we love. Too often today, we find ourselves arguing about whether our country is great or not, about whether we should love America or be ashamed of it. The reason for this is simple. For too many years, too many of our schools have been neglecting to teach young Americans about America's great heritage of liberty presenting them instead with dishonest narratives of America as fundamentally unjust and racist. Hillsdale College is weighing in for America by offering free online courses such as The Great American Story, A Land of Hope, 
and Constitution 101, the meaning and history of the Constitution. I encourage all of you to enroll in one of these wonderful free courses from Hillsdale. Begin your free Hillsdale College course today at levinforhillsdale.com. That's Levin, L-E-V-I-N, for Hillsdale.com. If you're trying to reach Mark on the air, call him at 877-381-3811. The Mark Levin Radio Show continues. Let's get 16 ready, Mr. Producer. Joy Reid is on MSNBC, as you know, and I've said now for quite a number of months that she needs to be yanked off at television. She's a bigot. I believe she's an anti-Semite. She's a homophobe of long standing. I have no idea why Comcast would promote her to a primetime slot. This is what her social media showed. And now she just attacks, attacks, attacks anything white, anything Republican. I mean, seriously, folks. People don't deserve this kind of treatment. They don't deserve to be called names. They don't deserve to be abused this way. I don't care what your skin pigmentation, what your background. Many people in this country are interracial. This is a woman who lacks humanity. And so do her guests. Now I want you to listen to this. It's short. From last night on MSNBC, cut 16, go. And, to, and be careful about attacking people who have to move to save their own lives and safety because you never know when it's your people that have to move, when it's your people who have to migrate, when it's your people who have to get on that road. Um, so just, just, just a thought. So what she's getting at there is the citizens in Florida who are having to get out of the way of a hurricane out of the way of a once-in-a-500-year disaster, as the governor put it, are the same as illegal aliens coming across the border. Just a thought. So she's comparing Florida evacuees to migrants. Honestly, folks, I, I, some days I don't know what else to say. The borders are wide open. People who want to come in are coming in from all over the world, not just Central and South America. They're coming in from over a hundred countries. They pay nothing. They have no obligation. They just roam into the country. They're getting voting rights in certain cities. They're getting identification in certain states. They have a right to go to public school according to a Supreme Court decision in the 1980s. They have a right to emergency health care of the sort they never received when they were back in their home countries. All kinds of localities and states and the federal government confer benefits on them. We complain about it as we should. As we should. But there's nothing we can do about it as citizens unless we vote to change the people who rule over us, the ruling class. And yet here we have Joy Reid on MSNBC. They just lambaste us and lambaste us and lambaste us. What are we supposed to do? What is it that we are doing that's so horrible? 
It's just incredible. So we're bad people for doing nothing. The truth is the level of racism in this country is minuscule. Minuscule. Certainly compared to other countries and cultures and societies where they're literally slaughtering each other. Literally. And of course, the Democrat Party and the media and the Joy Reid types, they are constantly trying to create civil war scenarios in this country, constantly prodding people to be angry, prodding people to be bigots. It's nonstop. And I talked about this the first hour of last night's show, about we, the American people, we, the red-blooded Yankees in this country, regardless of background and race, how long we've been here or whatever. What a fantastic and diverse people we are. But you wouldn't know that when you watch the propagandists on these media platforms. You wouldn't know it. And so here we are. You people who are fleeing, now you understand illegal immigration, and you need to get behind it. This is always the story. This is always the way it works. We have a mass shooting. Well, you people with guns, now you know. You people with homes on the coast, now you know about climate change. You people who had to leave for your safety, now you know about immigration. You people who need the police and firefighters, now you know about socialism. This is what they do. Of course, they're moronic. They're buffoons. But it doesn't matter. These people are zealots. They're fanatics for their cause. For the religion of government. They are fanatics. And nothing can intervene. And the inhumanity of their views, the inhumanity, is without limits. It is without limits. Whether it's abortion on demand, whether it's murder in the streets, oh, why are they covering that so much? New York Times, it has a racist, a racist tinge to it. Whether it's inflation, they pretend inflation doesn't even exist. Whether it's a recession, we're in a recession, they pretend that doesn't exist. Gasoline prices, well, we need them to go up in order, you know, to get to the promised land of, uh, of wind energy. They pretend they care about the people. They don't care about the people. They do not care about you. Here's Joe Biden today. Again, man was in the Senate 36 years. Vice president eight years. Now all of a sudden he's concerned about climate change. Did he ever do a thing about so-called climate change while he was in the Senate for 36 years? I looked. Not one thing. But now all of a sudden, we have to change everything, move heaven and earth. Because climate change means America change. Means your life change. Means the economy change. Cut to go. Our commitment to tackling the climate crisis, which threatens all of us, we're seeing the consequences of climate change around the world uh, 
very vividly, including in the United States right now. Now, we're seeing natural disasters around the world, including in the United States. And I don't know of any time in world history or American history which we haven't seen cycles of natural disasters. We can legislate till we're blue in the face. We can regulate till we're blue in the face. We can redistribute till we're blue in the face. We can tax till we're blue in the face. We can pontificate till we're blue in the face. Not one damn bit of it would change this hurricane or a hurricane next year or a hurricane in 10 years. Not one damn bit of it will change the rise of the oceans or the receding of the oceans. None of it. Not one damn bit of it will determine if the earth gets hotter or the earth gets cooler. None of it. Now, we want to breathe fresh air and we want to drink clean water. That we can do something about. But climate change. You can't. You can't. I don't care what Sarah Rump has to say over there, Mediate, being the expert she is. Carbon dioxide is not a pollutant. And here we are, worried about carbon dioxide. But the, the ball keeps moving, have you noticed? They don't really talk about carbon dioxide that much anymore. Now it's not lower carbon dioxide, it's get rid of fossil fuels. Get rid of them. The degrowth movement. The war on prosperity. The war on capitalism. Anybody who has a different idea, different thought, a different view, that wants to challenge and confront this ideology, they are stripped of their expertise. They are stripped of their voice, whether it's online or anywhere else. They are abused as deniers, as flat earthers, because these people cannot defend their positions. And you'll notice, most of the people who keep talking about climate change are politicians. You're not hearing from all the experts, so-called. Experts, quote-unquote, for. Experts, quote-unquote, against. Experts who are befuddled. You're not hearing from them, are you? No, you're hearing from Chuck Todd. You're hearing from Joy Reid. You're hearing from Democrat politicians and some rhinos. You're not hearing from experts. One way or the other. You're not hearing from real scientists one way or the other. It's the same thing with the virus. You only heard from government, bureaucrats, other experts from Stanford and Oxford, from Yale, from Rockefeller College, from wherever. The only way you would hear them is if I brought them on or others brought them on, but they were not going to be part of the the media contribution to the debate. They certainly weren't going to get any opportunities to speak online. They have to be shut down. Yet the experts who were raising questions are from the top schools, have the top backgrounds. Shut them down in coordination with the government. 
So the same people that say that you can't call a man a man or a woman a woman, the same people who can't say that only women can get pregnant and deliver babies, the same people who will not describe biologically what a woman is, or a man is for that matter, the same people who insist on pronouns are the same people who pretend to be experts when it comes to energy. Energy. It's called ideology. And Joe Biden is out there pushing an ideology. He's never been put to the test. He's never been seriously questioned. Everything he says is a platitude that's been written for him. And it must be nice every time there's a natural disaster to say, see, that proves my point. That proves my point. That this is an existential threat. And that therefore, we need to embrace the radical Marxist agenda, destroy what is. And of course, if we had embraced it, and had it applied to the state of Florida the way it does California, there'd be more people in dire straits in Florida because they're electric cars. Where would they go? They're electric stoves. They're electric air conditioning. They're electric everything. What would they do? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, back in the good old days, we Americans argued about which policies to pursue to improve the country we love. Too often today, we find ourselves arguing about whether our country is great or not, about whether we should love America or be ashamed of it. The reason for this is simple. For too many years, too many of our schools have been neglecting to teach young Americans about America's great heritage of liberty presenting them instead with dishonest narratives of America as fundamentally unjust and racist. Hillsdale College is weighing in for America by offering free online courses such as The Great American Story, A Land of Hope, and Constitution 101, The Meaning and History of the Constitution. I encourage all of you to enroll in one of these wonderful free courses from Hillsdale. Begin your free Hillsdale College course today at levinforhillsdale.com. That's Levin, L-E-V-I-N, for Hillsdale.com. Let me try it this way. Can you name five of the greatest, greatest experts on so-called climate change? Who are they? Who's the greatest expert? Where are they hiding them? We have so many useless Sunday shows, so many useless shows, period. I don't need to hear from George Stephanopoulos and all the rest of the reprobates. Who are the top experts? Real, substantive, scientific, meteorological, climatologist experts on climate change. What are their names? Of course you can't name them. You can't name them. Well, why aren't they brought to us? 
every time there's a catastrophic event to explain to us how this is linked to climate change. Why don't they show us who they are so we can find out where these geniuses are? Is there an Einstein out there? Are they hiding Einstein? I don't know. Who is it? It's just sort of, uh, it's just sort of nebulous, you know, just kind of, just kind of ambiguous. Uh, it's climate change. And so we hear from the loudest politicians, TV hosts and their ilk. But where are the great experts? Seriously, where are they? Who are they? What are their names? What are their backgrounds? Can we see their science? Can we analyze it? Can we look at it? No. No. But we're going to change the whole world based on this. And why not? All it is is a power move. Democrats are for it, so the media are for it. I'm quite serious. Who are the experts? Don't give me the United Nations. We know they lied and cheated. That's a history there that can't be, uh, can't be denied. So who are they? NASA? We know that schmuck that headed it over at NASA, what a kook he is, that's why they won't present them to us. Because they're flesh and blood, and most of them are full of crap. Now, I've got at least 20 experts I can point to who say this is nonsense, or school's out, or there are other reasons. In fact, I've got hundreds I can point to. They're in liberty and tyranny, but I can still point to hundreds today. Who are their experts? Joe Biden? John Kerry? When we come back, looks like Mitch McConnell uh, is a little bit more positive about the possibilities in the U.S. Senate. And by the way, that's no thanks to him. No thanks to old Marble Mouth. Remember, he wrote off the Senate. He said we had bad candidates. He wrote off the candidates because he couldn't get who he wanted nominated in all instances. But I want to, I want to peel back on this a little bit for you when we return. We'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Now, you know the death toll must be significant. I don't know the extent of it, but when you look at the damage that's been done and you know everybody didn't leave and some people were hunkering down, um, when you're talking about winds like this, you're talking about a massive tornado, pretty much what you're talking about. And uh, so much of Fort Myers is gone. 
along the waterfront. They have a whole downtown area that's been built up over the years, a beautiful area, and it's 90% gone because of 150, 155-mile-an-hour winds that slammed into it. And, uh, you know, you think about people in older homes. You, talk, you think about people that have uh, uh, trailer homes, uh, other types of homes. Those people, you think about the pets even, the dogs and the cats and so forth. That, uh, you just think about all the devastation because that's what this is. It's devastation. This storm is tracking to Charleston, South Carolina, which is a beautiful town. And it's tracking as a hurricane category one. It went out to the ocean, and it's heading back. It's cutting across. Uh, sort of towards Savannah to some extent, but it looks like it's taking aim right now at Charleston. Now, we're on the radio in Charleston. We're on the radio all over the country. So you need to heed warnings from local officials. You must. And I know radio, even more than television, even more than podcasting is very, very important at times like this because people turn to radio, battery-operated radios for the most part, or manual radios. You've seen those. Many of you have those. To listen to what's going on, but that's what's going on. It's mostly left Florida, but Florida's underwater. It's underwater the flooding that's taking place. So, uh, people in Florida still need our help, America. This is a live-in surge. To the extent anybody can contribute, the more the better. Even a little will help. FloridaDisasterFund.org FloridaDisasterFund.org That is the main way to provide some funds. They're not asking for equipment and clothing and all the rest. There's just no way to handle that or get it to the people. So it's floridadisasterfund.org. Let's overwhelm them with with our charity, floridadisasterfund.org. Now, those of you who are online, who have social media presence, If you could also put that on your sites, that would be enormously helpful. If you could link to floridadisasterfund.org, floridadisasterfund.org, that would be enormously helpful so we can get the word out everywhere. And friends who see it may just click it and throw in a few bucks, and that's what it takes. We have millions of listeners on this program And we can do very, very good things. Uh, I do notice some of the uh, crazy left sites haven't done that yet. I don't know why. They haven't done it yet. Instead, they're still trashing people and all the rest of it. But but as far as uh, this program is concerned, we always try and step in and help to the extent that we can from all over the country. All right. 
That's what I know. That's what we know right now, to be perfectly honest. All right, we have an election coming up, but we still have to save the country. Even with natural disasters, we still have to save the country because what's happening to the country with the Biden administration and their elk is a man-made disaster, which will last for, well, for decades or as long as America does. And over at Yahoo News, a poll midterm momentum shifts back to GOP as inflation fears grow. I don't read you these so you become laxed. We have to be on our toes and not on our heels, and we have to act, 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 act. As a backlash to the end of the Roe v. Wade came to dominate U.S. politics this summer, they write, poll after poll showed the tide turning in Democrats' favor, leading many to wonder whether President, this is them writing it, Biden's side might avoid the the sort of sweeping midterm losses that typically befall the party in power. But a new Yahoo YouGov poll suggests the winds may be shifting again and that Democrats would be wise not to ignore new signs of Republican momentum, particularly around the all-important issue of inflation. So here we have Yahoo News advising the Democrats. Hey, Democrats, we just took a poll. Might be shifting a little in the other direction. It's time to lie again about inflation. A survey of 1,566 U.S. adults, which was conducted from September 23 to 27, found little movement in its top-line midterm numbers. When asked which candidate they would vote for in their district if the election were held today, the generic congressional ballot question, registered voters now give the Democrats a four-point advantage, 45-41. It's a point narrower than three weeks ago. Now, why doesn't that matter? Anybody know why that doesn't matter? Unless it's a complete blowout. Anybody know? Because we don't vote this way. We don't vote for generic nationwide candidates. So they could run up the numbers in some of these really, really blue districts. And on the other hand, in some of these toss-up districts, we could win by, by an eyelash or they can win by an eyelash. And so these statistics they're putting out don't mean a whole lot, but let's go through them anyway just because it's fun. But if these changes are well within the poll's 2.7% margin of error, yet both are in the same direction toward Republicans. Biden's job approval rating among all Americans, which approving is down again. 39% approve. Who are these people who approve? Notice they're not polling citizens, they're polling everybody. Beneath the surface, indications of gathering GOP strength are more significant. As usual, partnership will determine how most Americans vote in November. Excuse me, partisanship. But which Americans turn out to vote in November will determine who wins. Is this uh, new? It's not exactly profound, is it? And Democrats' advantage of the congressional ballot narrows further among those who say they will definitely vote. 47 to 44 percent. Those who voted in all three national elections between 2016 and 2020. And those paying a lot of attention to the campaign, 48 to 47 percent. In other words, this means nothing. Stubbornly high prices are further complicating matters. In fact, the new Yahoo News 
YouGov polls suggest inflation fears are rebounding rather than subsiding as the election approaches. 76% of Americans now rate the condition of the economy as fair or poor, up 6% since April, the last time the question was asked. Nearly half, 48%, now rate the economy as poor, also up 6%. Inflation is the reason. If that trend continues, it will now help the president's party. Light bulb went off. A full 92% of Americans say inflation is a very or somewhat important issue when thinking about this year's election, which is exactly why the media downplay it or don't talk about it at all. They want to talk about January 6th. They want to talk about abortion. But even when it comes to abortion, very limited. Not abortion on demand, not abortion right up to the end, not partial birth abortion where you torture the baby, kill it, and then remove it from the womb. No, 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 no. They certainly don't want to talk about infanticide, which is a position their party has taken in some places, like with the former governor of Virginia. That's what they voted for, ladies and gentlemen. That's what they voted for. The 30 U.S. adults select inflation as the most important issue. Democracy, 13%, is the only other issue that cracks double digits. Crime, the subject of recent GOP attack ads, is at 4%. Hmm. Who the hell are they polling? I don't even know. But inflation remains front and center. And the more, Republicans are likely to benefit. Biden's approval rating on inflation, which had improved slightly in August, has declined from 33 to 31 to 28 percent. 28 percent should be at 1 percent, 3 percent, whatever. And that's for the headbangers. And his disapproval rating on inflation is 59 percent. Oh, you mean it's not Putin's fault? I wonder what Putin's rating is. Okay. 82% think the condition of the economy is fair or poor. More identify or lean Republican than identify or lean Democrat. Though nearly half are independents who lean to neither party. 27% approve of Joe Joe Biden's job. 57% do not. 11% approve of his performance on inflation. While 72% disapprove. (coughs) Excuse me. 49 of whom. Strongly disapproved. Given these dynamics, it would be remarkable if Democrats do wind up limiting their losses in November, they say. They can, you know, they can emphasize abortion rights all they want, folks. And when they do, you ought to take it right to them. So what are the limits on abortion that you support? Uh, what? 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 All right. So what does this mean? Just break your ass right up to Election Day. Make sure you vote early. If you can't vote early, vote on the day of the election. Uh, Take advantage of the rules that the left has set up if you need to. But vote. But not just vote. You're the precinct captain. You make sure your family, friends, colleagues, neighbors vote. Especially if they're going to vote the right way. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. The government is addicted to spending, and that reckless spending is driving up costs on everything for your family. It's not right, and it's not fair. But you don't have to be a victim. 
There are things you can do right now to lower your monthly expenses and mitigate the impact of inflation. Step one, switch your cell phone service to Pure Talk. On America's most reliable 5G network, you don't have to sacrifice coverage to save a fortune every single month. Take a look at your cell phone bill. If you're with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're getting ripped off. I know how much you pay. Pure Talk will give you unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just 30 bucks a month. That's real money that can go to cover groceries or gas. And Pure Talk has never raised rates. Take action. Go to puretalk.com. Select the plan that will save you money. Then enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And you'll get 50% off your first month. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast to switch to my company, Pure Talk. Well, Mitch McConnell had a press conference today, and let me ask you if you find this invigorating, motivating, and supportive of the Republicans who are out there running. Cut 13, go. Do you still stand by your comments about candidate quality, or has your outlook changed? In every election, every year, this year, past years, it's great to have terrific candidates. We're in a bunch of close races. I think we have a 50-50 shot of getting the Senate back. It's going to be really, really close either way, in my view. Uh, Wow. Thanks for your support. So before, what he said was the quality of candidates matter, meaning we have a problem with the quality of our candidates. Now he's upped his game, has the Senate Republican leader to it's going to be really, really close either way, in my view. Well, at least he didn't trash the Republican candidates. And let's look at the Republican candidates who he's trashed behind the scenes. Let's look at them. Dr. Oz. Dr. Oz is a hell of a candidate. Look how he's fighting, clawing his way back. He's up against the media. He's up against $60 million in dark money. And he's fought his way back. And when you hear him speak, either on Fox, he's spoken on my radio show a few times. He knows the issues. He's very articulate. He's very intelligent. I can't predict if he gets elected how he'll be necessarily, but I know he'll be better than Fetterman in many ways. In many ways. So that's one. Let's look at another one. Herschel Walker. Is there a better candidate to run against the radical left-wing communist Democrat? Than Herschel Walker? I don't think so. Has a 100% name ID in Georgia. He's a son of Georgia. Heisman Trophy winner, fantastic professional football player. Very down to earth. He may not speak like a British prince, but he speaks to the people and he speaks from the heart and he knows of what he says. He's not a politician. He's a good candidate, and he's in the fight. So there you have two, two non-politician citizen candidates. J.D. Vance. I didn't support J.D. Vance, as you well know. 
But J.D. Vance needs to win. He needs to beat Mr. Phony, this guy Ryan, who has voted 100% with Biden, 100% with Pelosi. He's a radical left-wing kook, and he pretends to be a pro-union moderate. He's a fraud and a phony and a buffoon. So I'm backing J.D. Vance. J.D. Vance is another citizen candidate. Then there's Blake Masters in Arizona. Running against this guy, Mark Kelly. Mark Kelly is another fraud and a phony. Arizona is getting slaughtered with illegal immigration. That state is overwhelmed. Its resources are overwhelmed. Its borders overwhelmed. Its schools, its health care system. Law enforcement is overwhelmed. Mark Kelly has lifted a finger to help prevent it. Not a finger. And most of us have never heard him speak. He only speaks to local media, I guess, in Arizona, which, again, it's left wing like all the other kook media in the country. Blake Masters is another citizen candidate. He was not my first pick. And that should demonstrate something. He's not my first pick. But he's my first pick now in the election, the general election. I don't even know him. I don't care. This is an election, ladies and gentlemen, where I would vote for an orange juice can over any of these Democrats, any damn one of them, because they march in goose step, one behind the other. This is not a normal election. Everything's at stake. They want to turn the Senate into a parliament so they can ram their damn legislation down our throats. They want to destroy the Supreme Court. Even when I don't agree with the court, I don't think it should be destroyed by packing it. They don't care. The border will remain open. Crime will go through the roof year after year. Inflation, inflation, inflation. This is how they vote. They spend, they say. They they borrow money to prevent inflation. That's like borrowing money to prevent bankruptcy. What do you think, Mitch McConnell? Why don't you get the hell out of the way for once? You marble mouth buffoon. That's right, I said it. We need a real leader, not a schmo. I'll be right back. The government is addicted to spending, and that reckless spending is driving up costs on everything for your family. It's not right, and it's not fair. But you don't have to be a victim. There are things you can do right now to lower your monthly expenses and mitigate the impact of inflation. Step one, switch your cell phone service to Pure Talk. On America's most reliable 5G network, you don't have to sacrifice coverage to save a fortune every single month. Take a look at your cell phone bill. If you're with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're getting ripped off. I know how much you pay. Pure Talk will give you unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just 30 bucks a month. That's real money that can go to cover groceries or gas. And Pure Talk has never raised rates. Take action. Go to puretalk.com. Select the plan that will save you money. Then enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And you'll get 50% off your first month. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast to switch to my company, Pure Talk. Can't got your tongue? 
cough up a furball and call 877-381-3811 right now from Mike Levin. All right, Doug, Governor DeSantis started his briefing. We're going to go live right to it. It's the only way on Sanibel and Captiva Island. So the operations to help people there have been uh, mostly by air in uh, all told search and rescue operations. It started in the wee hours of the morning. As soon as the winds died down enough to where it was safe, uh, you had Coast Guard assets, you had urban search and rescue teams. We've had the National Guard out assisting people. Uh, there have been more than 700 confirmed rescues, and there's likely uh, many more than that uh, that will be confirmed as more data comes in. Uh, people have been rescued from places like Fort Myers, Fort Myers Beach, Sanibel, uh, Marco Island, as well as the Barrier Islands in Charlotte County. Uh, obviously, there was a lot of um, calls coming in as the storm was really raging yesterday. Uh, people uh, who did not evacuate were hunkered down. There was storm surge. There was a lot of, of, um, uh, of apprehension, understandably. When Initially, the first responders came this morning. People would wave them down, uh, whether they were by helicopter, boat, or high water vehicle. Now what they're finding is on places like Sanibel, most of the residents are just waving thank you for coming, but they say that they're fine uh, and that they're staying put. Now, I think that there's going to be issues with being on some of those islands uh, because they're not going to have services like we expect uh, for quite some time, given the limitations of transportation. Uh, but nevertheless, that, that's a sign that, that some of the folks who did ride it out uh, are stabilized uh, in their home. Uh, they are first responders are doing uh, targeted searches, just going home by home, checking to see um, if people are okay, and then responding to specific reports uh, if they're missing loved ones. Uh, there will, can, of course, be uh, many more rescues that are added uh, to the tiller. Uh, now, we we absolutely expect to have mortality from this hurricane, but I'll just caution people. You know, there's a process by where that is confirmed, um, and there's people. I know that people have said certain things. Um, in terms of confirmed, uh, that will be made apparent over the coming days. Um, but but I think the things that have been said out there, that is not something that has been confirmed at this at this juncture. Uh, of course, we have uh, thousands and thousands of people on the ground uh, working to restore power, uh, opening the roads, bringing in food and water, and restoring communications. Talking with uh, local folks in Lee County, uh, probably the biggest immediate hurdle that they're facing is their county water utility had a big water main break. Uh, that is necessary to be fixed in order to provide basic water services uh, for the residents of the county. So they have been working to troubleshoot it. They requested uh, the state to enlist federal support to help diagnose and potentially fix the problem. Uh, so we worked with FEMA and, and Gratia and the Army Corps of Engineers uh, came in. I mean, they came in pretty early. Um, I think I think I think Kevin called them maybe like three in the morning. They were in Southwest Florida from Jacksonville by early this afternoon. And so they're helping to diagnose and hopefully be able to remedy that. But that's going to be something that's very, very important for the county uh, to get fixed. In the meantime, uh, we are assisting healthcare facilities uh, to provide uh, working water because they need that to be able to take care of their patients. So we're shuttling water from Lakeland into healthcare facilities. Uh, right now, there are about 20 trucks en route with 60,000 gallons of water for a total of 1.2 million gallons of water. And I think they have been able to fix some of the water-ish. One of the, one of the three hospitals has actually been able to fix the water problem there. So that's good news. Uh, Port Tampa, Port Everglades, um, 
there the fuel is flowing in to some of our major ports and so you're seeing a lot of fuel now flowing throughout the state more than 330 gall 30,000 gallons of fuel have already been moved in to southwest florida i actually saw a couple of the gas stations open in in the fort myers area when we were there today uh with this fuel the Governor state of florida set up live. six fuel depots to fully support all first response efforts and we think the remaining okay you can put it back up florida uh will open between sometime tomorrow and sometime on saturday uh there's been a massive amount of of uh, supplies staged we're also bringing more into the region more ambulances more food water and ice more generators more uh, actually we're bringing in two full service mechanical shops uh to help to repair and maintain emergency vehicles which you know they're in rugged conditions when you're going through uh, water and others bringing in more tarps, bringing in kits for parents of infants and toddlers uh, to give them 10 days uh, uh, worth of support uh, and bring in more high water ladders. Now, as of 6 p.m., there are 2.6 million approximately reported power outages through throughout the state of Florida, and that was anticipated. Uh, so far, compared to this morning, uh, 200,000 accounts have been restored in southwest Florida, uh, 28,000 in Lee, 62,000 in Sarasota, 14,000 in Collier, 33,000 in Manatee, 12,000 in Charlotte, and 44,000 in Hillsboro have been restored. Of course, the pre-staging for this was over 42,000 linemen, so they're there on the ground, really in different parts of the state, but particularly in southwest Florida. Uh, when they first got in there, of course, they're looking to see what is the damage, uh, how much of our infrastructure has been has been destroyed, how much of it has 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 held up. And I can tell you, when we were in Charlotte, uh, the reports were generally positive that a lot of that infrastructure had been able to weather the storm. You still have to work, obviously, to reconnect the power. Uh, but in some areas, you may need to rebuild from the ground up. In other areas where the infrastructure maintained integrity, uh, you would be more just trying to to, to rehook everything. So that's that's a 24-7 process. So if anybody sees uh, some of the utility trucks pulled over somewhere and, and maybe someone getting rest, understand they're working constant shifts uh, and everyone's on the clock the whole time and they don't actually ever have a time where people are not working. So we really appreciate that because we understand how important it is uh, for folks to have those basic services uh, resume. Uh, there, of course, been damages to cell phone towers, particularly in places like Lee uh, County. Uh, the the uh, telecom companies have brought in, they, they earmarked 100 cell phone towers uh, being set up, uh, and, and many of those are being set up in southwest Florida. I've been able to speak with the CEOs of both AT&T and T-Mobile. While there have been damages, a lot of their infrastructure uh, has uh, has weathered the storm uh, fairly well. So while there may need to be repairs, uh, you know, they feel good about getting up service. Um, and I know some people do have service in those areas, and, and we were able to see that. FDOT had more than 1,200 personnel on the ground, and, and I'm happy to report the road situation is, is by and large really good. I think if I was just talking with Kevin before we came out here, if we were here yesterday at like noon uh, thinking about what the road situation would look like, uh, I think we thought that there would have been way, way more roads that were blocked by debris. Uh, of course, we did have the Sanibel. I mean, there are there are issues, but there is also a lot of roads where the traffic is flowing on I-75 without a problem, and most of the other roads um, are doing really well. Sunshine Skyway Bridge has reopened, and so we are happy to see that. Uh, most school districts throughout the state will be reopening either Friday or Monday. 
obviously Lee and, and some of those areas uh, may be a little bit different calculation for them. Uh, we're thankful that FEMA has activated individual assistance for Floridians who've been affected by this storm. If you are in need of help recovering, visit disasterassistance.gov or call 1-800-621-3362. Uh, FEMA has approved our request to add some of the central Florida counties into the individual assistance. Uh, Kevin will have more details on that, but we appreciate that because you look at the images, like you can see a house that's been totaled on Fort Myers Beach, and obviously it's a very sad thing to see. You can see boats that have been flipped over or cars that have been flipped over, and, and those are very striking images. Uh, but as the storm has moved through the state, it has caused uh, a, a lot of problems with really historic flooding in, in parts of central Florida and into northeast Florida. And so it's important that those folks uh, also have the ability to get assistance if they need it. Uh, over 8,700 people have already registered with FEMA. Um, if you're uh, gonna th gonna make a claim, take a picture. If you've had flooding, take a picture of the water line on your house. Make sure you're documenting the damage. Jimmy Patronis, our chief financial officer, is going to be doing insurance villages uh, at these disaster recovery sites. So if you go in, now you don't need to go in to get FEMA assistance. You can do it online. But if you have questions, you go in. Uh, you can have people from the different insurance carriers. Uh, Jimmy's also going to help people who have uh, NFIP flood policies uh, to be able to file those claims and get those claims paid uh, as soon as possible, and, and we uh, expect that, that that will be done without without much delay from, from the insurance carriers. We're happy that a lot of businesses have committed to provide our first responders and volunteers uh, with sustenance, Culver's, Firehouse Subs, Burger King, Four Rivers Smokehouse, Anna Maria Oyster Bar, and Texas Roadhouse, and we think many, many more will want to come and also offer assistance. Uh, for those who are coming in as either first responders or linemen, uh, Bucky's is giving away meals and soft drinks. If you stop in their Daytona location, uh, you'll be able to avail yourself of some really good stuff there. Uh, we're continuing, as, as uh, Kevin has said, you know, these first 72 hours are really life safety and then uh, working to restore the, the main uh, services, power, fuel, and communications. And there's massive numbers of people on the ground working 24-7 to do that. Uh, of course, it's too early to know exactly what the needs of, of everybody uh, is going to be, but we obviously anticipate some Floridians uh, may end up being displaced from their homes, and the First Lady is spearheading efforts with Volunteer Florida to activate the Florida Disaster Fund, where people can donate. Uh, and it's much better to donate financially than to send items, and we really appreciate the thought when people want to send water, or they want to send these things, uh, but, you know, Florida DEM and others have been contracted for this, so this stuff is there. Uh, the best thing you can do if you're going to give a, a financial contribution, that can go to some of these organizations uh, that are a little bit more nimble with how they help people. You know, FEMA, you, you know, Gracia will say, you have statutes and you have regulations and you have things. You either qualify for certain types of individual assistance or you don't. They're not able to go outside of what Congress has, has decreed on that. A private organization, if you have more unique needs that maybe aren't covered by that program, they can meet those needs. And so providing the, the cash assistance is the best way to do that. If you want to contribute, go to www.floridadisasterfund.org or text DISASTER to 2022. Actually, what is it? It's, it's more than 2022. 
Okay. Well, I'll let the first lady do that because she does it better than me. They, they put text to 2022 on this and that I know it's more than that. I'm not a text guy, but I do know you need more numbers than that. All right. For those who want to come volunteer in person, that's another way where you can really be, be helpful. And Volunteer Florida has a website for that, www.volunteerflorida.org, if you want to see volunteer opportunities. And we would certainly welcome individuals that want to give, uh, obviously, their money, but also their personal uh, time and effort. Okay, Kevin Guthrie's here with some additional updates. We're going to continue to play this for a bit because people in Florida and around Florida are listening to this program. Go ahead. On-site assessments. Um, we're entering that phase of the response where we start to uh, really get into what's referred to as indirect deaths. We've been, myself and the governor have been mentioning this now for quite some time, generator safety, generator safety, generator safety. Now we're going to start adding chainsaw safety, getting on ladders getting on roofs, watching out for power lines that are mixed inside of trees. People need to be extremely careful. So that was Florida Governor Ron DeSantis with an update on the recovery efforts down there. They're getting fuel. All right, folks, we're going to take a little break as we must. Uh, you got the gist of it. And um, this governor really knows what he's talking about. He has a grasp on everything. He's got his people in the right place, even even including insurance and so forth. I mean, uh, really, it's fantastic to watch this, the coordination throughout the state with state officials, with federal officials, with private enterprise. Those utility companies are obviously stepping up, not just in Florida, but all over the country, sending uh, men and women to help with the uh, electrical lines and so forth. It is... Uh, it's a fantastic thing to watch and hear, which is why I wanted to play it, as well as giving the information to the people in and around the state of Florida. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. The government is addicted to spending, and that reckless spending is driving up costs on everything for your family. It's not right, and it's not fair. But you don't have to be a victim. There are things you can do right now to lower your monthly expenses and mitigate the impact of inflation. Step one, switch your cell phone service to Pure Talk. On America's most reliable 5G network, you don't have to sacrifice coverage to save a fortune every single month. Take a look at your cell phone bill. If you're with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're getting ripped off. I know how much you pay. Pure Talk will give you unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just 30 bucks a month. That's real money that can go to cover groceries or gas. And Pure Talk has never raised rates. Take action. Go to puretalk.com. Select the plan that will save you money. Then enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And you'll get 50% off your first month. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast to switch to my company, Pure Talk. All right, folks. It's a governor that seems to have a firm grasp of what's taking place. Really uh, refreshing, not panicking, just uh, taking responsibility. And this is what governors do and moving on it. Notice he's not blaming climate change. He's not blaming any external factors. Sees what's taken place like a mature leader. And they're doing everything they can to address it like everybody else on the ground there. 
Now, I want to thank the New York Times and the Washington Post and the reprobates at CNN and MSNBC. I'm sure they are all calling FloridaDisasterFund.org and donating enormous amounts of money to help their fellow citizens in Florida while they try and trash the governor of Florida while they're in the middle of this catastrophe. And this demonstrates, this they expose themselves for the lowlifes and scum that they actually are. And I'd say worse, but I'm not allowed to. What is it about the left? Are they born with hate DNA? Is that what it is? Everything's about politics and power. Everything. And you know what's interesting? Even Gavin Newsom says, now's not the time to go at it with DeSantis. And anything we in California can do to help Florida, we will do. DeSantis did the same thing when they had the fires out there. Anything Florida can do to help California, we will help. But then you have MSNBC and CNN and the New York Slimes and these other operations. These people don't contribute anything to anything. Now, the New York Times posted, let's see here. Let me make sure I get the name of this this piece of uh, sandwich. Well, just the New York Times. Ron DeSantis, as freshman congressman in 2013, opposed a federal bailout after Hurricane Sandy. Now, as Florida confronts the devastation and so forth, he's seeking relief. That's not true. They don't tell you that Governor DeSantis voted for $17 billion in emergency funding for Sandy Relief that was paid for and for immediate impact needs of the storm. He was one of 71 Republicans to do it. I'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to ask you a question. Did you know withdrawing your cash from the bank can be very risky? That's right. Banks are now required to spy on us for the government. And they report any behavior they think is suspicious. It's true. And I was shocked when I read this secret war on cash from Swiss America. The new war against cash is really a war against the Constitution, against all freedom-loving Americans. So you need to read the war on cash. Get your free copy by calling 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492, or visit SwissAmerica.com. Now, this war on cash is growing daily and also includes all forms of digital money. Please get and read The Secret War on Cash free to my listeners by calling now, 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492, or visit SwissAmerica.com. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. You can see... The effectiveness, the competence, the professionalism of one governor compared to another, one state compared to another. This governor in Florida, DeSantis, as a young man, he served in military combat. He was an athlete. 
He went to Harvard. He ran as a citizen candidate for the House of Representatives, where he was elected. He decided to run for governor with the support of President Trump, where he was elected by about 40,000 votes, thank God, particularly given his opponent and what we've since learned. You see how he handled the COVID virus. The most effective Republican governor or any governor in terms of his handling of that virus, he kept the schools open. He looked at his own data. He studied it every night till one or two in the morning from his own health experts. He immediately moved to protect as fast as he could the nursing homes, the senior living facilities, and the seniors in his state because he saw that they were the most vulnerable, as well as the people with other serious maladies. That's what he did. That's what he did. Now, here you have this massive hurricane. I played for some time the governor's press event just a little bit ago, as well as yesterday. He's on top of every inch of this. He knows exactly what's going on in the state, exactly where it's going on, town by town, county by county, like a military operation. He knows and knew that they needed help from other states. 35 states have contributed support. That's how fantastic this country is. FEMA, which we fund with an enormous amount of money every year, has acted more professionally than I think than many times in the past under the leadership of the lady who's running it now. She's a pro. She's a pro. And Florida has had to go through one disaster after another after another. It's the nature of its geography. But you can see the best of people when they're under fire. That's when you learn who the leaders are. It's when you learn who the statesmen are. This governor hasn't attacked anybody else. He hasn't complained. He hasn't talked about climate change and dumped all the issues over there. No. He's taken it head on. In the end, it'll turn out as best as it can, which won't be great. Because nature is more powerful than mankind. Nature is more powerful than John Kerry. Nature is more powerful than all the front groups for the degrowth movement. Nature is more powerful than Congress. Nature is more powerful than any legislation that's passed by Congress or any tax that's raised by Congress. But we do have man-made disasters, too, and inflation is a man-made disaster. It's very difficult to contain. Everybody quotes Larry Summers. I'm not a big Larry Summers fan. He worked for Bill Clinton, but they quote him because he's one of the few Democrat economists who has the guts to speak out from time to time. 
And I want you to hear what he said about inflation yesterday. Cut 15, go. We basically had inflation under control for 40 years, despite the fact that the price of oil fluctuated, despite the fact that there were all kinds of uh, supply shocks. Um, We lost the thread, uh, along with many other countries, um, about a year and a half ago with massively expansionary policies relative to the size of the GDP gap. The fiscal stimulus was five times as large as it had been during the financial crisis. What he's trying to say is that $1.9 trillion bill that the Democrats passed with only Democrat votes? I believe it was in March, shortly after Biden took office. was a disaster. Even by a liberal perspective, his, it was five times larger than it needed to be. And it blew the United States off of its steady course for the last 40 years when Reagan got inflation under control. It was very painful, but he got it under control. And the only time it's broken out of control was 18 months ago when the foundation was laid by Biden. Now, since he has spent and the Democrats, $1.9 trillion. They've spent trillions more, including in the last month with the student loans and the hundreds and hundreds of billions on climate change, whatever that means. Nobody knows what that means, whatever it means. And so it's only going to get worse. It's only going to get worse. The final GDP reading... The final GDP reading of that second month, you know, they have to finalize it, was that the economy shrank in that second month by 0.6% in the spring, which cemented the start of a recession. So the economy did shrink from the second consecutive quarter in the three months ended in June, according to the final confirmed estimate of the Bureau of Economic Analysis. Not only meets the the, uh, technical definition of a recession, it's an actual recession. An actual recession. Economic output fell. GDP dropped. And, uh, of course... Uh, the effect on employment is going to get worse and worse and worse as the economy continues to shrink. That's the situation. In many places, the average rate for a mortgage now is 7%. 7%. Most of you have credit cards. If you have a line of credit you're using on your credit card, that is, if you don't pay it off month to month to month, you're now paying in the double digits, well into the double digits. Some of you are paying 20%, you don't even know it. Now you do see what's happening at the grocery store and the supermarkets. And remember, the wholesaler has to eat those interest, those increase, inflation increases too. And the, the starting point, the producer has to eat them too. So all these increases are passed along the line 
So products are more expensive. I can't think of a single product that's less expensive. Can you? Since Biden took off any category, any, any. Now, that may happen one day with a price of products collapse. And that'll be a depression. It's inflation, stagflation, then depression. 40 years, even Larry Summers, Clinton's guy, 40 years, inflation had been under control. Then we lost the threat, he says. In other words, then we took a left turn with this $1.9 trillion, and they've only been spending more since. Ladies and gentlemen, your fate is in your hands and in the hands of your fellow citizens. There are people who want to take us down with them. The insane Marxist left and their party, the Democrat Party, they want to take all of us with them. I choose not to go with them. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Welcome back, America. We're going to take a little break. We have our friend Joe Concha with us, who I call Mr. Media. And he's really done a deep dive on Joe Biden to the point where he's he's uncovered things that I wasn't even aware of. And I'm aware of almost everything (laughs) in his best-selling book, Come On, Man, The Truth About Joe Biden's Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Presidency. Come on, man. You can get it on Amazon.com, any major bookstore. And we're linking to it on all my social sites. Joe, how are you, sir? Outstanding. Book tours are fun. You've done a couple of those. And, wow, you get to talk a real lot, including to you <laughs> twice, which is a pleasure. Well, um, your book is on Joe Biden. Tell us why people should really be motivated to read this book. Because he was sold as a moderate, Mark, right? And he was sold as a unifier to the American people in 2020, largely by an activist media who would just push whatever the campaign told them to push. And now you see that he truly is a left-wing ideologue and always has been, quite frankly. He just hasn't had the power to enact what his vision was of what this country and what its government should be doing. He always thinks and has always thought that government is the answer and not the solution. Literally the opposite of your former boss, Ronald Reagan. But what was the famous saying that that he had? uh, The most dangerous words you'll ever hear is, Mm -hmm. I'm from the government and I'm here to help. No, uh, it's actually the opposite of that. And, And we saw that with Obamacare when he was vice president. And Obama is about to announce that this bill was passed. He's about to sign into law. And then Biden says, Mr. President, this is a big effing deal. He whispers it, but the microphones pick it up. And you saw there that, wow, this man is celebrating the biggest expansion of government we have seen in decades. And now you see what he's doing as president when he has real power, when he spends trillions of dollars and says by spending that money, by expanding government once again, we're actually doing it to reduce inflation, which any kid with a lemonade stand knows that that's not how the economy works. Then you see him opening the borders and all these millions of people coming in, all the fentanyl coming in. You say, why is this happening? Who puts Kamala Harris in charge of fixing this problem? Why won't anybody do anything to stop it? And then you see crime 
cashless bail, letting criminals out time and again to commit more crimes, to kill more people. And again, a president who says and does nothing to try to stop this. And you see now who this person is, a big government, soft on crime, open borders president, and liberals couldn't be any happier with what he's doing right now, except he's destroying the country in the process. And thankfully, independence and those who have sanity and objectivity on the right say no more. And that's why this president is going to announce probably, I would think, in the spring, he's not running again in 2024. Hmm. The book is Come On, Man, The Truth About Joe Biden's Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Presidency. Come on, man. You can get it on Amazon.com as we speak on any of my social sites. Joe Concha, do you think he's running the government or do you think he's getting an awful lot of help from an awful lot of hard left ideologues, many of whom are Obama retreads? I think he has the JV team from Obama, which is scary when you consider what the Obama presidency was with the varsity. So I think he has a lot of like-minded people around him, people like Ron Klain, people like Susan Rice. And then you look at his cabinet, and I explore this in the bookmark as far as all the president's men and women. And at least with other presidencies, if you didn't have full confidence in the president, you knew that person had very good people around them. And in this case, let's go one by one. The vice president, Kamala Harris, I just mentioned, in charge of the border. You saw her just yesterday talk about our great alliance with the Republic of North Korea. I mean, this person has a a, a serious communications and articulation problem, and she's not likable or authentic. But besides that, hey, great choice. So that's your Mm -hmm. vice president. Then you go to the transportation secretary and Pete Buttigieg, the guy who ran South Bend, Indiana. All right. A small town in the Midwest where they have one airport, small, one bus station, small, one train station, small, uh, a few buses. And the guy couldn't even fix the pothole problem in that particular town. And now he's in charge of the Department of Transportation with 58,000 employees and a $100 billion annual budget. That's the guy running that. And that's why we have a supply chain problem right now, because we have somebody who's completely unqualified there. Jennifer Granholm, former governor of Michigan and CNN pundit, I guess, for a couple of years. So we put her in charge of energy and we've seen what happened with energy, right? As far as the X, XL Keystone pipeline being completely abandoned, we see what happens with offshore oil leases in the Gulf, in Alaska being canceled. And now we're depending on oil from Venezuela and Russia. Congratulations. That's why gas prices are where they are way higher than the $2 and 30 cents it was when this president came into office. Now we're approaching $4 again as they go back up. And I could go on and on. Mayorkas at the border, for example, as well. And you say, okay, who is the competent one within this administration? And you can't find it. So not only do you have a president approaching 80 years old and acting more like he's 90, but then you have an incompetent vice president, transportation secretary, energy secretary, Department of Homeland Security secretary, the secretary of state is no great shakes either, and Anthony Blinken. And so these are the people running the country, and that should scare everybody. And that's why you need to buy my book. Your book has, no, no, the book really is quite compelling. As a matter of fact, I just want people to make sure you're not just regurgitating things. You're really pulling it all together and so forth. You know, it's interesting uh, how the media used to demand, you know, we want to see the medical records of a president. We want to see uh, the medicines that the president are taking. We've never seen much of that with this president, have we? 
he hasn't released any medical records, which is amazing considering he is the oldest president in U.S. history, right? And, and we saw that with, with Trump constantly. He has, he's got to release everything. Release your taxes. Release your, your medical records. Uh, but with Joe Biden, we don't see any demand of that whatsoever. And, and you know, again, when, when he's looking for a Republican congresswoman who died in, in a horrific car accident mm-hmm. uh, just a month ago that he put out a statement of condolences about uh, that, that he's going to honor in a couple of days. And he says, where's Jackie? I'm looking for Jackie. Where is she? Not just that, but then the press secretary, when she's asked about this, says, oh, no, well, you know, she was top of mind. and He was just yeah. thinking about her. No, literally, I don't know about you, but I don't go around asking for people, uh, dead people, so I could talk to them because they're top of mind. Clearly, he's confused. And it's not like that's a one-off. You could go time and time and time again with this president where you see that clearly he is not all there. And even when he was all there, Mark, he did not have remotely the instincts or the competence to run a country, let alone, I mean, let's put it this way. When he was senator, he voted against the first Gulf War, which was to get Saddam out of Kuwait, and everybody agreed with that, except for Biden, apparently, and a couple of other people. Against that one, he was for the 2003 invasion of Iraq, weapons of mass destruction. That was the one that probably you wanted to be against. And and now, to this day, he, he c- continues to completely and totally... Joe, insist that uh, he was- do you have time if I hold you over? We want to oh, hold Joe that. over to the next side of the uh, the break here. The book is... Come on, man. You can get it on Amazon.com. It's time to jump in. Get it this break. I'll be right back. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in America with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, much, much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. My wife Julie and I decided it was time to add more flowering trees to our landscape, and Fast Growing Tree was a great resource for us. A large selection and no hassle ordering or shipping. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on selected plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEVIN at checkout. L-E-V-I-N. Now that's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using code LEVIN at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code L-E-V-I-N. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Please visit FastGrowingTrees.com for details. Liberty's Voice, Mark Levin. Talk with that voice now, 877-381-3811. Joe Conch is with us. You know who he is. He's written a uh, fascinating book. Come on, man. The truth about Joe Biden's terrible, horrible, no good, very bad presidency. You can get it right now on Amazon.com. If you're poking around on the Internet and you happen to be going to my uh my various social sites. We will link to it there as well. Was there anything you learned about Joe Biden that was particularly shocking that you didn't know before, Joe Concha? Well, I assume that if you come president of the United States that you've had a job, for example, that you worked 
somewhere, maybe ran a business, you know, were responsible, had to get up nine to five uh, or get up and, you know, go to a job at nine o'clock every day and then earn a paycheck. And then you realize that, that that's never happened, right? That, that, that this is somebody, when Donald Trump talked about the swamp, he is literally the biggest swamp creature because he's always been in government. He got into government at a very young age. So when you hear about, okay, Joe Biden has a solution to lower inflation or to lower gas prices or as far as education is concerned, to educate our children better. And he does that by taking the side of teachers unions over, you know, parents like me, where, you know, we saw what happened in your home state of Virginia with Glenn Youngkin. No, I think parents should have a say and they should have uh, parents' rights over over teachers unions by far. Uh, You realize that, boy, somehow this person has failed all the way up to the presidency Mm -hmm. without really accomplishing anything outside of getting elected in Delaware, a deep blue state, and he just kept getting elected and elected until Barack Obama had to bring him on as a vice president, because remember, Barack Obama was a community organizer, not exactly a great thing to have in your resume when you're trying to win the presidency. And then since he was running against John McCain, he needed somebody with great foreign policy experience. Yes, Joe Biden had foreign policy experience, but like we were just talking about before, this is a guy who recommended we not go into Pakistan to take bin Laden out when Obama asked him, should we do that? And Robert Gates, the defense secretary under Obama-Biden, literally wrote a book that said that Joe Biden has been wrong about every foreign policy uh, decision he has ever made in his entire career. So what I was amazed was that there really are no accomplishments with this man and also I understand politicians lie, but Joe Biden is a pathological liar. When you say that you went to go see Nelson Mandela in South Africa, Mm -hmm. and you say you got arrested doing so, and you're a sitting senator, and no one reported this, but then you say it happened, he's the Brian Williams of presidents, right? Mm -hmm. Brian Williams said he got shot at in Iraq in a helicopter and saw bodies going down the French Quarter after Katrina, and they're complete and total lies that were told under no duress whatsoever. That's what Joe Biden does because he's so insecure about his own resume. He feels he has to tell these grandiose stories to make him look like he's a bigger man than he is. And he's simply not, Mark. No, he really isn't. And, you know, when you think about all the years he spent in the Senate, 36 years, he doesn't have a lot to show for that, does he? Not much at all, except for the crime bill, one of the few things that I would agree with. Right. But uh, you see that now he opposes that at the time. What's that? Now he opposes it effectively. Oh, completely. Right. Uh, He he, he runs from it. We we, we have now a Democratic Party in general that values the rights of criminals more than it does of the citizens that he is supposed to protect. But then I would think, Mark, given his son's own uh, demons and battles with with drugs, right, that he would at least take the fentanyl problem problem. It's a complete crisis in this country a lot more seriously because you have fentanyl coming from China through Mexico into communities throughout this country, and it's killing an average of 300 Americans a day. Now think about that. That's like a plane, a full plane, 747, crashing every day in this country. And if that was happening, you would shut down the aviation industry and say, what is happening? No more flights until we figure this out. And yet you have a president who will not speak about this issue one bit, despite his son going through this, and despite seeing the people that he's supposed to serve and protect dying on a daily basis, he won't talk about 
about it. So I guess another shocking thing that I found is that the media sells him as being somebody who knows how to connect with people and empathize and sympathize with people. No, he doesn't. If he did, then he'd be doing something about the border and shutting down this fentanyl trafficking. He doesn't do a thing about it because he only does what benefits Joe Biden. And he gets away with being perhaps one of the most corrupt presidents in American history. You know, Peter Schweitzer talks about how the Biden family actually received over $30 million from foreign governments or foreign front corporations from China to Ukraine to to Russia and so forth. How does he get away with that? That's what drives me crazy, Mark. He's on 60 Minutes two weeks ago, right? And he's doing, it's not even a softball interview, it's a t-ball session, right? If you put a beach ball on the t-ball, that, that's what it was like with Scott Pelley. And I would think the old 60 Minutes, if they had Joe Biden in front of them, would say, hey, how do you have exactly not one, but two multi-multi-million dollar mansions in Delaware, given all of your time in the Senate, what you make as a senator? You really didn't do any speeches. I get it with Clinton, uh, the Clintons, I should say. They did speeches. They got paid a ridiculous amount for them. But Joe Biden wasn't, wasn't some big public speaker. He didn't invest in some sort of great company to bring him all this money. So where did it come from exactly? Oh, that's right. He's the big guy. According to Hunter Biden's own business partner, a partner who said that on the record, on Fox, saying that, yep, that is the big guy. He got 10% of all this money made in China, in Ukraine. And now we see the real consequences of this because Ukraine's getting a lot of money from us, aren't they? And that was seen before the war as the most corrupt country in the world. And now we're just throwing money at them. We don't know where it's going exactly. And same with China. We don't stand up to them on COVID or trade or anything else. So the, the question begs, is the sitting president of the United States compromised by Russia, China, and Ukraine based on his son's business dealings? Maybe we'll find that out when the GOP takes back the House in November and we finally see some hearings and investigations into this, because God knows the media is not going to do their job on that front. The book is, come on, man, the truth about Joe Biden's terrible, horrible, no good, very bad presidency. Come on, man, is the short the short title. Come on, man. You can get it at Amazon.com, any major bookstore. You can get it right now. It's for sale right now. It is a bestseller by our buddy Joe Concha. Joe, I want to thank you very, very much for all you do in the name of truth, respecting the media and, and other forms, too. I appreciate it, buddy. Mark, that goes both ways. I appreciate it myself, and thanks for having me on. It's a great platform, great show, and I really appreciate it. And likewise. God bless you, man. I encourage you to get this book. I look at all of them. Come on, man, by Joe Contra. Come on, man. It couldn't be more timely. Neither could taking calls be more timely because I should take more calls, particularly at the end of the show, I think. Uh, but before I do, business calls. Let's take some calls, ladies and gentlemen. Robert Dragoon, Arizona, XM Satellite, go. Hey, Mark, yeah. good talking to you. Thank you. You're a great you. patriot. Thank you. And I've been listening to you since you were filling in, and I can't tell you who you were filling in for, but you had but he, It would I most likely be I, Hannity and once or twice the great Rush Limbaugh. might have been. It was out of KNST in Tucson. And yeah. uh, ever since then, I, I've been a fan of yours, and I've been listening. We think alike. You're like, you like, I always say, you're brother from another mother and 
Uh, we're about well, you know what I like to say. Some of us are wise and some of us are otherwise. Anyway, go right ahead. Yeah, that's, that's true. But anyway, you were talking about earlier about uh, uh, prices not coming down. Uh, a while back, a year or so ago, I bought a generator thinking, well, I better get a generator because we don't want any power outages. I have my own well and, and stuff. And if you don't have electricity, you Wow, you're in good shape. Water. You have your own well? You have a generator? Yeah, yeah. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I got 10 acres, and hey, I'm living a good life now. Yeah. But anyway, so uh, I get all of these, you know, emails from companies and what have you, because I bought a generator, and I still get stuff from them. And all the generators are on sale. Even the one I bought was like $800 cheaper now than it was when I bought it a year, year and a half ago. Well, let me say I'm I'm surprised people ought to get them. Right. Now, I thought if I didn't get one by then, it, you wouldn't be able to find them. A lot of them come from China to begin with. And uh, I got one made in the United States, but I, I paid a good penny for it. But now it's cheaper. And I get all these other ads and they're all on sale and they're all cheap. And I'm going, now, why didn't they go up in price? What could be it? Maybe we're not going to have fuel. Because uh, maybe big generators, not so bad. <laughs> I don't know. (laughs) I will tell you this. It's interesting you bring this up. Um, What I did, interestingly enough, a few before Biden went into the White House, I was getting very concerned about what they would ban and outlaw. And I had some of my older HVAC systems replaced. Uh, It was a pretty nickel, uh, but I was able to get them for less than what they are today. Uh, And isn't that sad? You feel like you're living in the East Germany. Uh, before the fall of the Soviet Union, you're trying to make sure you have things, things that work, you know, washers and dryers and dishwashers and cars and all these other things because, you know, they'll be outlawed or they'll be regulated out of existence or they'll be taxed to point where where they're really not uh, sensible to have and so forth. That that That's what this government's doing to us. Exactly. Yeah, they're, they're choking us and, and then the food's. Uh, shortage is going to start coming. It's going to be a disaster. And it's all man-made. The price of fertilizer. I mean, electricity doesn't create fertilizer. Um, and all the rest of it. This is all man-made by ideologues who are dumb as hell. All right, Robert, thank you for your call, my friend. I shall return. Mark Lovin. by Molly Hemingway and the Federalist. Republican senators are growing concerned by colleague Mitt Romney's refusal to help fellow Utah Republican Mike Lee decisively win his re-election campaign, a posture that could potentially keep their party from gaining majority in the November elections. And we don't know what the hell is Romney up to now. Unlike every other Republican senator, the 2012 failed Republican presidential candidate is declining to express a preference in Republican Lee's re-election effort against Democrat-endorsed Evan McMullen. You remember this, chameleon. This guy McMullen claimed to be a conservative and Trump wasn't. He was a staff infection on, the ca- on Capitol Hill. I mean, a staffer on Capitol Hill. And uh, then he decided he would be a independent, never-Trumper Republican candidate. Of course, he got his ass whipped. And now he's a radical left-wing Democrat dressed up as an independent. He's transitioned, ladies and gentlemen. 
I respect Romney, and I understand that each state has its own dynamics, but I do not understand why he's remaining neutral, said one Republican senator, who asked not to be identified. Whatever our differences, we all try to support each other around election time. But moderate and conservative senators confirmed the grumbling in the conference. We should not have to be worried about Utah in any way. I don't know what he thinks he's doing, but it's not going over well, particularly with the senators who are up for chairmanships, said another Republican senator. A new poll from the, what is it called, the Deseret News and the Hinckley Institute of Politics. You may want to change that name, just a thought. Claims McMullen is only two points behind Lee with a full 16% of respondents unsure who they will vote for. Now, ladies and gentlemen, Mike Lee is one of a very small handful of Mr. Smith goes to Washington constitutional conservatives. He's exemplary. Exemplary. Romney wants to take him down, but he doesn't have the guts to take him on directly. So he's playing both sides. It tells me Romney has no intention for running to run for re-election, but who knows? Romney has contributed nothing, nothing while he's been a senator. In fact, quite the contrary. He's been a saboteur. The media love him because he leaks to them. Black Lives Matter loves him because he marched for them. He's a contrarian. He's a moron. And now here he's trying to, through the back door, sabotage a fellow Republican. Has anybody heard Mitch McConnell come out publicly and admonish his man Romney? Not a word. Not a thing, right, Mr. Bedusa? Nothing. Paul suggests the strategy McMullen shared with left-wing allies, which is to be a phony independent, but to get Democrat Party support and then try and pull in sort of these Romney-esque, yellow-belly Republicans is the way to win. It's a coordinated effort, is what it is. The Democrats wouldn't even nominate their own candidate to get behind this never-Trumper, who's an always Romney. It's disappointing to see Senator Romney take a back seat in his state colleague's race. Senator Mike Lee enjoys broad support from voters across Utah and the country said Jessica Anderson, president of the Sentinel Action Fund, uh, which is a political action group with a heritage action for America. We'll have Mike Leon next week. We shall overcome. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. I want to thank all the men and women who are helping our brothers and sisters in Florida. God bless you. And we pray for all you folks there as well, as well as Georgia, South Carolina, and North Carolina. 